Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. My guest today for Song of the Soul is Helene Pollack. Helene was a Presbyterian growing up into her adult life, a graduate of Beloit College in Wisconsin, but was drawn to Quakerism because of her deep attraction to an inward devotional life. She works with students as a staff member of Haverford College in Pennsylvania, a Quaker school. Music is very important to Helene, a companion to her ceaseless inner prayer. Helene, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Glad to be with you. And you're with me from quite a distance. Where in the world are you right now? I'm at Haverford College in Haverford, Pennsylvania, in my office. I work here at the college with Quaker Matters. Haverford is a Quaker college. When you say that Haverford is a Quaker college, what do you mean by that? Does that mean, for instance, that all of the staff and the students walk around dressed like the Quaker Oats guy? Well, I imagine the radio audience has different levels of experience with Quakers. Haverford was founded in 1833 by the unprogrammed branch of Quakers, or what is now the unprogrammed branch. So we worship using silence and speaking out of the silence. Quakers were the ones who founded Pennsylvania, so there's a relatively high concentration of Quakers in this part of Pennsylvania. Groups of Quakers founded Haverford College, and we work on Quaker things together with Quaker students and others who are interested in Quaker things. And so does that mean most of the students there are Quaker? About 6% of Haverford students are Quaker, 
but I think the college is very similar in its kind of mood and mode to lots of other small liberal arts colleges where people are asking deep questions and struggling with the meaning of things. Given that you do, as you say, Quaker things with the student and within the university, I assume you are Quaker. Have you been Quaker long? I came into Quakerism out of the Presbyterian Church in my adulthood. I am a Christian. I find fulfillment as a Christian within Quakerism, though not everyone who is a Quaker considers themselves Christian. We have a strong universalist tendency to support lots of spiritual approaches from many different perspectives. Mine is through a Christian mystical approach. You know, Helene, I want to jump right into the music that you've picked for your Song of the Soul, because I'm pretty sure that that'll give us a pretty good snapshot of your spiritual life, and it's a rich spiritual life that I just can't wait to hear about through music. So tell us about the first song that you picked, where it came from, and how you connect with this song. A student shared with me about her spiritual journey and gave me a mix of songs that she selected, and I was really honored to receive them. The one that spoke to me strongest was by Radiohead, a really a classic rock group, a British group. The song is Fake Plastic Trees, and it's a very powerfully sad song. In some ways, it brings me back to the sadness of my own college days at Beloit. I would imagine there probably are some Beloit people in your listening audience. But I think back to the late 60s in Beloit and the sense of alienation and sadness that makes me think of uh, Bob Dylan music that was constantly with us. Um, And today's students who are going deep struggle with a sadness that isn't too unlike the sadness I felt uh, when I was in college back then. The song, apparently when Tom York wrote it, he wrote it in response to having visited this new commercial center in London that has the three tallest commercial towers in London, and he was just in angst over his reaction to the commercialism and the the fakeness of the world. The word is that he broke down in tears after he did the second take of the song. The song has really reached millions of people who are rock fans, and it's spoken very powerfully to a kind of a gut-level sadness. I guess that's what draws me to it. The green plastic watering can For a fake Chinese rubber plant And a fake plastic girl Which you bought from a rubber man Time for the rubber plants To get rid of itself The world's around The world's around 
That was a song called Fake Plastic Trees. It's by a group called Radiohead. And you're listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Helene Pollack. She's on the staff at Haverford College in Haverford, Pennsylvania, which is where she's speaking to us from. Helene, is there more that you'd like to add uh, about your connection to that song? I just would like to say, if I could, about this song that... It ends with the words, if I could be all you want all the time. Those words are really haunting. They kind of bring the song together. I have been struck by them, and I have my own take on them. I think other people would, too. I was looking through in the Internet in the songmeanings.net, and there's posts for years, pages after page, of people who are reflecting on the song and constantly going to this phrase, if I could be all you want all the time. Some people look at it in terms of a relationship and trying to please another person, but when you go deeper and you look in yourself, you realize that it's pretty futile to live your life on the basis of pleasing other people. If I could be all you want all the time, It's impossible even to be all you want and please all yourself all the time. You just wear yourself out, pleasing yourself. You never really, it just, it doesn't do it. 
to me, the song takes you inside. It takes a person deeper into their own self to find a, another source of pleasing, another source of communion and certainty, uh, another sense that we know what we want to please, and it's not the plastic world, and it's not other people, and it's not our own expectations. It is a deeper set of purposes for our life. We can find that in our own experience. So that's why I've chosen this next song by John Michael Talbot, which really talks about going inside. So, in other words, we're going from a song about the emptiness to a song that moves in the direction of the fullness of the completeness. Very well put, that's it. To me, the Radiohead song presents an impossible question. It presents the question of, who can I just please and be happy? And there's nobody we can please (laughs) in the end. So it drives us inward to find the one we want to please, who is God. That path of going inward is very personal, and that's kind of what happens in that Cave of the Heart song. It invites us to go inward in our own way. the cave of the heart In the cave of the heart Seated in freedom In loyal wandering
Cave of the Heart. It's by John Michael Talbot, but this is Helene Pollock's Song of the Soul. Helene, tell us a little bit about John Michael Talbot, if you would. He's the person I listen to the most because he's very committed to the Christian mystical tradition, including mystics going back to John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila, people like that. He also does a lot of biblical work, and I find that his biblical songs bring me into scripture in a really helpful way. I don't listen to song after song. I'm just led to one song at a time. I usually listen to that over and over again until it just completely overcomes me. I can tell you an experience that I had with John Michael Talbot's music. The deepest experience I ever had was one that was really without words. It just came to me out of a sense of just the universe coming into me and and overwhelmingly with a beautiful sense of love and unity. There was just no way to describe this. There just were no words, but somehow something in the middle of this, which happened about two years ago, something came to me that was looking for words. And I was saying, what are the words? Where are those words? Based, something about grass, something about 
summer morning. And afterwards, as I was looking back on it and trying to tell people about it and trying to find the words, I remembered a song by John Michael Talbot that was based on a Thomas Merton poem, a beautiful, beautiful poem. And when I found the song and listened to it, I realized that in the middle of the experience, I was grasping for those Thomas Merton words because they were the closest thing to any words for the very presence of God that came to me that day. Thomas Merton did better than anybody else, even any Bible verse, in saying what it was to know God's presence. So maybe you want to share just a little bit of those Thomas Merton words because they were so meaningful to me as interpreted by John Michael Talbot. Sure, I'm happy to do that. This is Pass Through My Will. It's by John Michael Talbot with words originally from Thomas Merton and we'll listen to a portion of the song. Come, my love, pass through my will as through a window. Shine on my life as on a meadow. I like the grass Consumed by the rays of the sun On a late summer's morning Come, my love All through the night I lay longing Eagerly to wait for love's union Like dawn's flower awaits For the wedding with the sun Consummated in the light Your light is stealing my heart as a secret I'm left like a vanishing form that leaves no shadows exposed naked alone between the heavens and the earth That was a portion of a song called Pass Through My Will by John Michael Talbot. The words are from poetry of Thomas Merton, who was a contemplative, a monk. And I think that's a direction that also would have appealed to my guest for today's Song of the Soul. Helene, had you ever thought, uh, had you ever wished maybe that you could be in a monastery, that you could be a full-time contemplative? Maybe I made a mistake in saying the word contemplative. The depth of the Christian contemplative tradition speaks to the depth of my experience of God. And I can give you a 
an example. A little bit ago I said that a couple of years ago I had a very beautiful experience that seemed to resonate with the Thomas Merton words. That happened when I was here at Haverford College, but it was very related to things going on in the world. I was part of a conference of the Friends Association for Higher Education, and as we were planning it, I was strongly led to a group of the American Friends Service Committee and feeling that their work was so right. What they do is they work with communities of young people who love rap music and hip-hop culture and break dancing, and they work with them in critiquing the way that their music and their culture is commercialized so that they can claim back that music and that culture with values that really honor themselves and their traditions. So the, the young people discover their own sense of political reality and empowerment and use the music as a way of expressing this, this yearning for liberation and equality and peace and nonviolence and justice. When I heard about the program and we had an opportunity to bring the young people to Haverford to present their wonderful rap music and break dancing with a sense of liberation, I was so touched by that. It felt so right to me. And that was the context. After I had heard that wonderful music and seen those young people perform, that's when that spiritual awakening came to me. So I would say that the contemplative experiences of my life have always been connected to actual struggles in the world where people are grappling with tough daily challenges. But when the arts are used as part of liberation, as they were by this AFSC group, it just it's a very transforming experience. It almost seems with that kind of introduction that the next song that you've chosen for Song of the Soul must be a hip-hop song, right? <laughs> I love to celebrate lots of music in lots of people's style. But the next song is one that comes out of my liturgical experience. Sometimes that contemplative sense in me erupts in joy, and I just can't control myself. I feel that the world is all coming together in unity for God. So I, I want to jump up and down, and I want to scream. I might be riding in the car, and I might just yell at the top of my lungs where it will never bother anybody. The yelling is joy and happiness. And when I'm sitting alone and, and that sense of, of unity and peace and cosmic coming together, when that comes to me, I picture a liturgy in my heart and I picture an inner liturgy, not an actual human priest at a table, but a sense of a cosmic Christ who with an entire creation is lifting up all of life in a sense of praise to God. And this song that I've chosen comes out of a community in Minneapolis, the Mayflower Community United Church of Christ Choir is the one who's recorded this song. It's by Marty Hagen, a very uh, well-known composer in Catholic and other churches. And the church is an open and affirming peace and justice congregation who are singing a liturgy of joy, and I join with them inwardly in celebrating that communion through this music. Now is a good time to listen to it, I think. It's called Preface Holy, and it's by... It's by the Mayflower Community United Church of Christ Adult Choir in Minneapolis and the composer's Marty Hagen. 
That song was called Preface, Holy, and it's part of the Song of the Soul, selected by Helene Pollock. Helene, you lean strongly to this Christian mysticism end of Quakerism. Is there a way that you build that into your day by regular disciplines, uh, times, and activities that help you stay centered? It's hard to talk about that because many people, when they share their spiritual practice in some subtle way, promote a comparison between themselves and others, and I wouldn't want to do that. But every morning I begin my day with a time with God, and I'm never satisfied if I don't have at least an hour of unstructured time when I just stop and let myself be open in that cave of the heart. I let God illuminate what I'm supposed to reflect on and hopefully give me an opening or a path or a way of seeing things fresh and new, maybe different from what I saw before. That is my practice every morning. And then I often begin with a song because I often wake up in the morning with a song in my mind, and I might listen to that five or six times during the course of the hour. Many times I only listen to one song during the hour. And that song may be with me all day. Other songs might come to me at different times during the day, and normally they are prayers. I think I pretty much pray all day long. That praying without ceasing certainly is something that a lot of us aspire to, many of us, and it's certainly part of a long tradition. The next song it comes from one of those important people in the tradition, St. Francis. Why don't you tell us why this song is part of your Song of the Soul? This next song is something that I picked to allow myself to be vulnerable before this radio audience and before you, Mark. And I'll tell you an odd story. In this prayer time, it came to me over a period of time in the midst of real confusion that there were a bunch of gender dynamics going on between myself and men around me that had to do with gender and It was stuff that I didn't want to deal with and I didn't want to look at. It was tough. It was a challenge. It was painful. And I was led to this song, and this song was a healing for me. The song is corny. It's kind of it has a teenage feel to it, and I would guess that a lot of your guests choose much more sophisticated music. I mean, it's like the equivalent of me picking Love Me Tender by Elvis, you know. You're going to laugh me off the show. The corniness doesn't bother me. These words by St. Francis, uh, the song is based on words he actually said. He, in the 14th century, was a man in authority, and he was speaking for all men in authority to women who had similar religious values to him, who had taken vows similar to the vows he had taken. And he made a pledge to them on behalf of all men in authority. So this song encourages me because it says that God through all time has spoken a norm that men in authority are supposed to have towards women. This norm was articulated as the word of God spoken through St. Francis to us women in this time. I believe that the saints of the past, the great holy leaders of the past, do have authority for us and we can learn from them. In this way, when I was befuddled by a gender situation, St. Francis encouraged me 
from way, way back about the way God wants men in authority and women to relate to each other. I'm having a little trouble, Helene, sorting out what your view is, you know, the the point of reconciliation that you reached. Because it's my sense that most Quaker women might be somewhat fairly caricatured as uppity. A few, for example, would be likely to agree with Paul that women can't be allowed authority over men. What you said seems to lean, you know, perhaps, in that direction, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. What's the place you came to through your struggle about gender conflicts? Each situation has a special uh, calling, a special thing that is right according to what God wants in the situation. And as we go deep, we can discern what God wants. We can discern as individual men and as individual women. There are uh, norms, I believe, within Scripture and Christian tradition about how men and women are to treat each other. And the bottom line is love, is love of God and mutual respect. Things are quoted out of context all the time, of course. Those are people who are not in touch with God's Spirit, who bend Scripture passages to serve individual aims. If any passage would guide me, it would be Galatians 3.28. There is no longer male nor female, slave nor free, Greek nor Jew. We are all one. And in that sense of oneness, these mysteries can be experienced in a beautiful unity among people of any gender. And that sounds good to me. Let's listen to John Michael Talbot as he sings about it. The Promise of St. Francis. Because it was God who inspired you to become daughters and handmaids of the Most High, Jesus Christ, and to espouse yourself to the whole. By choosing to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, I promise you always, in the name of all my brothers, I promise you always, I promise personally. Promise you always to show loving care. I promise you always in the name of the Lord. And I beseech you, my ladies, and I. Soul. 
I promise you always In my name of all my brothers I promise you always I promise personally I promise you always I will show you loving care I promise you always That was John Michael Talbot again, and The Promise of St. Francis. Helene, St. Francis uh, is certainly one of the church heroes with respect to reaching out to the poor, doing the work of justice and compassion. Are those the kind of peace and justice issues that are personally important to you? Are issues of justice and concerns about equality central to me? Absolutely. Every significant spiritual experience that I have ever had has always been somehow in the context of human struggle, of communities' struggle for their rights, for their justice, for a sense of a chance to be who they're called to be. My view is is very communal. I think we struggle alone, but we need the example of people around us who are strong in the struggle. I tend to turn to poor people's struggles, to the struggles of those who are not privileged and don't have an easy time of it. This next song by Selena Kilpatrick is, I'll let nothing separate me from God, and I hear in her voice and in the simple piano accompaniment, I hear this sense of the determination of her and of her African-American culture, the strong values of that culture, to struggle for liberation, peace, and justice. I'm so inspired by that struggle, I learn from it, and it keeps me going to not compromise, to not give up. Well, that sure sounds like a good enough reason to play it. It's called I'll Let Nothing, and it's by Selena Kilpatrick.
separate me from my God's love. Sometimes my heart gets so heavy later, and I don't know which way to go. Selena Kilpatrick and the song I'll Let Nothing. I can see, Helene, just how passionate you are about music and particular songs. Is the sharing of music something that you do with others or in groups? I used to have a a deep longing that if someone could ever hear my music that they would know me and understand me. 
different songs that I loved, I would say to people, oh, if you could only hear that, oh, if you could only hear that, because what I really longed for was if they heard that, they would know me. What happened was I learned that it doesn't work that way. We can listen to music together, perhaps, but it doesn't lead to the thing that I long for. So I've given up that hope, and I want to be known, and I want to know God through the music. There won't be another person who knows what that's like. But like Teresa, I say, God alone suffices. Being known by God is so satisfying, and it gives me such courage to face the challenges of justice and peace that are all around me that I want nothing more. That is being known. And being known is akin to being anointed, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, this last song is by Kathy Sherman. She's just the greatest. She writes about her relationship with God. She doesn't use the word God or any word like him or her or anything of the sort. She's a sister of St. Joseph. And this song is about courage. You know, I've been talking in this interview about how a lot of people give me courage and how I relate to struggles of communities and of people. But I know that in the strongest person is a lot of weakness. And I know that the flip side of my strength is my fear and my weakness and my compromise and my failings and my sin. So they're both really close. We can also acknowledge that we all have fears. We're all just as united in sadness and fear and alienation from the fake plastic world as we are in the strength that God can give to us individually and as a community. And that strength, when it's given to us, we feel anointed. And that's the name of the song, Anointed by Kathy Sherman. Do not be afraid, it is I who am sending you. I will go with you. afraid for my spirit is upon you you will work miracles in my name you can heal the brokenhearted you can feed all those who hunger you will touch the eyes of the blind and they will see you will welcome to the table the poor stars in the night be not afraid I am with you do not be afraid it is I who believe in you I will go with you Courage will uphold you. You will work miracles in my name. You can stand with those who struggle, give comfort to the weeping. You will be a voice for the ones who can't be heard. You will. 
celebrate the journey with your justice, love, and beauty, making hearts and minds and bodies whole. Be not afraid, I am with you. A Sweet Song by Kathy Sherman. She's a Catholic nun. The song is called Anointed. Well, Helene, that's the last song that we have time for, for your Song of the Soul today. But I want to thank you for your good work with students over there at Haverford College, but especially for reaching deep inside to bring out these wonderful songs to share as part of your Song of the Soul. It's been a wonderful privilege to be here I feel like your listeners are listening to me and listening me into speech, giving me the chance to be heard and to find my voice. I would like to do the same for each of them. In other words, they should all be contacting me and offering to share their Song of the Soul, right? Great. That sounds terrific. The more the merrier. I'd love to hear many more Songs of the Soul, and I congratulate you on this beautiful ministry. It's a great way to care and share. Thanks again for sharing, Helene. I hope you all enjoyed that Song of the Soul presentation from Helene Pollack from Haverford College in Pennsylvania. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy. Sing out a song of the soul